Hey guys, welcome to the Higher Points, and uh, we're coming at you tonight with a to the point. I think uh, Nick's feeling real motivated tonight. He's got 18 pages of notes, so we could be here for three hours. <laughs> um, I've got a... Uh... There's one page. Oh, okay. I have one page. Okay. Well, he's going to put some uh, soft people on blast, and we'll see what happens. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you set that up. Now, now, I will preface this conversation with, if, if uh, you're a man, I'm more than likely going to offend you at some point in this. And if you are a feminist, then you should probably just press stop now. But I'm going to assume if you're actually a true feminist, you're not tuning into a podcast made by two dudes, especially with the things we talk about. Yeah. So not to worry about it. But um, I just kind of wanted to talk about like essentially we, we all talk about the culture change and how like all these things are not going the way they're supposed to and, and all of this kind of stuff. And I wanted to just talk about like what what it means to me and what I think it means to be essentially a man and to how do we how do we shift this culture, right? So um, why are we having this conversation? So we're, we're basically, what, what we're lacking with men is, is what is I want to talk about in this conversation. And, you know, I'm talking as much as to myself as I am to others because I don't have all of these locked down. I'm mm-hmm. not perfect. I'm not sitting here saying that I have all of these perfectly locked down, but I want to tell you that I have the vast majority of them locked down. Well, I mean, when I like post <clears throat> the motivational stuff on my instagram or whatever you know i look at that and i'm like that's mostly for me yeah (laughs) you know um but if i'll tell you if you listen to any of this and you think like it hits you or it offends you or you're like fuck that guy then that means that what i'm saying is true and it's attacking you at your values and you need to do some self-introspection and consider changing so keep that in mind as you listen to this so we need to have a culture change and the only way we do that is is by changing who we are as men which then translates into our families, which then translates into our kids, which then translates into change. We're not going to vote ourselves into a culture change. <laughs> We're not going to vote ourselves into prosperity. You know, nothing about government is what gives us prosperity. The lack of government is what gives prosperity. Because I'm sure that, you know, Nate being a, uh, a hemp company, the government has made your job significantly easier, correct? <laughs> My point exactly. <laughs> so first... I want to start with the foundation, and um, and this is important to me. So, you know, I like to go to the Bible to kind of read some things that I think that define what we should be as men. So Ephesians 5.25 says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So um, uh, it's interesting that you, when you think of that, it says to love your wives just as Christ loved the church. Well, what did Christ do for the church? He's not talking about like the church, the physical building. He's talking, right, he's about, talking the about the people us. of the church. Yeah. Yes. So what did he do? Ultimately, he what happened? Sacrifice himself. Yeah. So, um, be willing to sacrifice your own life out of love for your wife is essentially where that's at. Mm-hmm. Love your your wife the same way Christ loved the church and gave himself and give yourself up for her, essentially. And the next one is um, in the next chapter, which was, and that one was 525. I think I said that, but just to be sure. The next one is going to be Ephesians uh, 6 4. And it reads Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. And I will tell you, this is one that I don't have locked down. Um, 
you know, I try to set the example a lot of times for my kids of what it's like to live as a Christian man and also live as just a man in general. And, you know, I'll tell you, like, I have to talk myself out of anger quite a bit to want to, like, lash out and yell and stuff. And I fail at that sometimes, 100%. I would um, say uh, 99, probably 100% of fathers fail at that yeah. at one point in time yeah. in fatherhood. Um, but I definitely exacerbate, exacerbate my, my children from time to time, for sure. I don't follow that very well. Um, the next one will be in First Peter 3, 7. And it says... Um, if I can, you know, start typing correctly. Dude, seriously. Um, so first Peter and then chapter three, verse seven. Um, it says husbands in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. So it's saying that, like, to be considerate of your wife in every way and treat them with respect as the weaker partner. Now, a lot of people are going to hear that, especially women or even men that are maybe a little bit soft and they think that the world's a fair place when it's not. And they're going to think that it's like, you know, we have to treat them like, you know, they're these porcelain dolls or something like that. But everybody knows that, like, if you, if you take a, if, if you take a 220 pound woman, cause you're roughly 220, right? Mm -hmm. And, and have her sit next to you and you both try to deadlift, who's going to lift more? Me, most of the time. Uh, um, okay. Both of you are natural. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and nobody's shooting anything up. <laughs> okay. Who's who's likely going to lift more? Probably me. Yeah. Um, who's likely going to bench more? Probably. Like who? Yeah. I mean, and, and when you start talking about like cardio, stuff like that, that can probably be up, up in the air, mm -hmm. you know, that kind of thing. But... It's just one of those things of it's just like an expectation that we provide protection. Um, not that they can't protect themselves, but it's one of those things where you have to have the mindset of like, why should they have to? Like, I should be the one doing this. That doesn't mean I don't teach them how. That doesn't mean I don't invest in them protecting themselves. But because you're not have always going to gonna be there. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, but they shouldn't have to. Um, and then the final one is going to be in Proverbs twenty three twenty four. Um, if I can read my handwriting, right. Cause that could be 23, 29, but let me make sure I'm pretty sure it's Proverbs 23, 24. Yeah. Uh, the father of a righteous child has great joy. A man who fathers a wise son rejoices in him. And this is probably one of the things that like, I think I kind of struggle with. And I have to remember sometimes that, you know, my kids are, you know, 10, 12 and 14 and neither of them are men or women. And I expect them to kind of just like get it, you know, and there are even times that I don't get it. And I've been on the earth for several decades more than they have. So um, when you raise a righteous child, then you are able to um, rejoice in him or her. And so that's me saying basically be a present father. Don't get like caught up in your work so much that you come home to a family that doesn't know you. You may build this really great business, this really great whatever it is that you're building, but eventually you may have all this money and come home to a family that is a complete stranger, that they don't know who you are. It's it's wild because I, that's something I feel like we see a lot in our community is with farming because farmers, man, like that's all they do is work. And a lot of times they don't get to make those basketball games because they got to get the crop in the ground or something, you know. And it's unfortunate, but it's like 
that's part of the reason, like, I looked at farming and was like, like, on a big scale, like, taking over my grandpa's farm, essentially, you know, like, that's not something I'm interested in because I want to be there for my family, you know? And, like, <clears throat> back when my dad was working for my grandpa farming, like, he was actually, um, my grandpa offered him a job to work on the farm full time, and my dad turned it down because of that reason, too. Because he wanted to be there. It was shortly after I was born. He he chose me. Aww. <laughs> See? Good good job listening, Bob. You didn't even know I was going to say this, but you listened. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's it's one of those things of also, if you're one of those people that are sitting here list, listening to the podcast, you're saying, my dad was never present, my dad never loved me, all this other kind of stuff. Because, you know, he was always at work or whatever. Like, if, you're, if your dad was out and he was, like, cheating and all this other kind of stuff, like, maybe I could get it. But... If if your dad was like working and all this other kind of stuff, every, he was saying "I love you" every time that a plate was put down on your on your table in front of you, yeah. even though he may not have been there. It's the, what he does. It's just a misconception. He thinks he's working and showing love in that way when he really needs to be there in person. You know. Yeah. Um. So, how how do we how do we be manly, right? Um. So the first things first is stop being a victim. Stop playing the victim card. You know, I get that bad things happen, but I guarantee you're going to meet somebody in the world that something bad has happened to them. And we all have bad shit that happens to us. All of us. All of us. At some point, you have to get out of the, well, this happened to me, that happened to me, this happened to me. And so, like, I haven't had the same, I haven't had the same outcomes and all this other kind of stuff and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, like I get it when you have something happen to you, you go through the same grieving process as if you like lost a family member. Right. Mm -hmm. You're going to go through all the things like the sadness, um, the depression, the bargaining, all that other good stuff. Like feel it, go through the process. But at some point you have to like stand up and get it done. Say that happened now. Like, what am I going to do? Yes. To move forward. And and I know some people that they just perpetually live in this state. And I can Mm -hmm. tell you one thing. If you are trying to be around other men and you're in this state, like they're going to find reasons to not be around you. Mm -hmm. Like if you constantly want to live in that world, because like, like let's say Nate, you and I always got together and we were watching the chiefs play every Sunday night. And all I could do was bitch about my wife's ex-husband. And that's all I did like that. You know, he doesn't pay his child support. He doesn't do this. He doesn't do that. Like, at first, you're going to be like, yeah, man, I get it. That sucks. You know, like, let me know what I can do to help out. But, like, three weeks from now, if I'm doing that every single time that we meet together, you're going to be like, dude, seriously, shut up. And that is go ahead. That is the victim mentality, right? And- you're giving power to that person in your free freaking time. Like, they have power of you, and they're not even here. They're not even doing it. Like, you're here to enjoy some cold beers watch some football and chill with your homies without any kids around or a wife telling you to get home, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yet you're still giving that person power because you're living in that victim mentality and it's absolutely draining. Yep. And I, I would say the same for not necessarily the victim mentality, but like, like living in the glory days and stuck in a certain time period, you know, that's your personality is high school football from 10 years ago. I don't know if you've got something on this in there. No. But that's something we talked about in football was like having a bad memory for the bad things and also for the good things. You know, like you score a 60 yard touchdown. Well, you got to turn around and you got to kick an extra point. So you got to forget about it and do your job the next play. So, like having that, being able to move on from those 
good things, like celebrate them in the moment, but then move on and be ready for the next day. Yeah. You know? Right. I think it all goes in the same hand. Well, and there's also, like, if you look at, like, truly successful people, not just men, men and women, like, like, just as if you take Tom Brady as an example, like, whenever he wins a Super Bowl, like, he might celebrate that night and all that other kind of stuff, but then the next day, well, when he was in his prime, like, he's, he's probably getting ready to get out now. But, like, when he was very first winning Super Bowl after Super Bowl, like, he didn't stay celebrating for two, three, four weeks a month or whatever. And then he didn't go into every interview going, oh, yeah, you remember that last Super Bowl? Like, that dude is now forward thinking. Day, mm-hmm. The very next day, he's forward thinking, okay, so I'd like to do this different in my training program. I'd like to do this different in my nat- in my nutrition. I'd like to do this different in my recovery. And then I got to talk to this person. And then I got to get with Coach Belichick. And then we're going to fix this in the offense. Like, they're moving on, right? And even when he loses those Super Bowls, he was still looking forward to the next thing. He didn't Even have more so. Like there's no celebration and yeah. it's just straight back to work. And 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 if he lived in that victim mindset, like he's not going to be successful. He's not going to be a successful leader. He's not going to be successful at um at getting together with uh his teammates and, and motivating them to do anything. And if you listen to anything on that man, whether you like him or not, they say that he is an incredible motivator and mm-hmm. holds people accountable and like all that stuff. I mean, he came into what the Buccaneers, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And basically like kind of turned that team around. Yeah. Like essentially overnight. And I mean, it seemed overnight. Uh, he's just I mean, you same thing with Jordan and the Bulls. It's hard not to respect Tom Brady. Like yeah. I rooted against him for so many years and hated that dude. I'm like he's a freaking robot now. Like, <laughs> he's still playing. I, I don't. I think he's going downhill now, but still, like, he's been at his prime for the past twenty years. You know, almost the whole time I've been alive. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's that's another thing too. Is is that like, you know, people want to hate on football players, right? Because they make all this money and it's disproportionate because they just move a ball down the field and all this other kind of stuff. Well, if you're one of those people that say that, you're just a hater of people that like have done the hard work to get to where they're at. Mm-hmm. Because being at the level of athleticism and mindset that they're at, they didn't get that way by accident. No. They didn't get that way by – because even if you have natural talent, like that quote-unquote natural talent. They put in a lot, a lot, a lot of reps to become excellent at what they do and to – Until they can't get it wrong. Yep. And and that's just the thing is, is that like when you go to bitching about that, you're bitching about that from your fucking lazy boy easy chair that you paid for on credit that you're paying 30% interest on while you're sitting with a beer with your, you know, 50 pound overweight beer belly gut complaining about them moving the ball down the field and that they make too much money. Well, what is it that you've done to earn that money? No joke. Not a damn thing. Not a damn thing. As a matter of fact, your wife's probably bitching at you because you are sitting there with your hand in your pants, drinking your beer, watching your football, and you haven't taken the trash out. And then you wonder why she won't believe in you when you say, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, or I'm going to make this business, or I'm going to do this, I'm going to be successful, we're going to own this house someday. And she's like, yeah, right. You can't even take the trash out, homie. Like, your your actions speak significantly louder than your words. Yep. I told you I was going to spit fire today. Well, and it's tough to find a person like that attractive, too, for a wife. (laughs) The same thing. That's just the thing. Same thing. You expect your wife to be this, like, 36, 24, 36, prim, proper uh, you know, lady in the, sh- the streets, freak in the sheets, etc. Well, n- she doesn't want to. She doesn't want to go down on a dude that she has to hold his belly up out of the way to get to it. Like that's not something that is is a turn on. 
No. Why why is it expected of her but not of you? Yeah. Take ownership and then change. Amen. It. Amen. So the next thing is is like again on the topic of how do we be manly. So we have to hold standards, right? So our kids do what they see. And that's kind of something that I've noticed recently and some changes that I've had in my life that I've done. I'm watching my children mimic me and follow me and do what I'm doing especially when it comes to the gym and and also um a little bit with how they're eating i mean they're still kids um but they're at least like noticing the the changes and like what's being provided for supper and stuff like that but the, where i've noticed it the most is their willingness to like kind of go to the gym and do the work and listen and you know do what they need to get done they're talking shit about lifting in the gym too you mean on social media who is eli Oh, he's talking shit? Yeah. Why? Did you see him comment on mine? No. <laughs> what did he <laughs> say? On my dad, he's like, oh, easy, I got that. Or something like that. Or I can do that. <laughs> I did not see that. I said, let's go, big fella. Uh, let's yeah, see I it. did not see that. <laughs> There's no way he's going to be able to. He could pull that. <laughs> hey, by the way, did you ever figure... So, Nate did, what, five? 65? That's what I thought it was. But did you end up finding out that the bar was more? I tech. Well, I texted Seth that night. He said it was between 60 and 65 pounds. But I thought you said you were going to weigh it. I haven't been back to the gym because I was sick. Yeah, you pussy. Ah, not a fucking man. Sitting watching football with your hand in your pants and not Drinking going to the gym. and being a bum. <laughs> so the first thing, in hold, the next thing in holding standards is men are men, women are women, end of story. That's all there is to it, okay? Uh, if you got a ball and tackle, you're a man. If you don't, you're a woman, okay? That's all there is to it, That's and you have to hold that standard, okay? The next one is... Ensure that if you are a father, that you're loving their mother. And when that, when you get together, um, you basically need to show them how. Again, they're going to do what they see, not what you tell them. I okay? mean, like going back to the last one, you're setting that standard of like how they're going to treat their loved ones eventually. Your, your sons are going to see how to treat a lady and your daughters are going to see how they, how they should be treated by a man. So, if you're treating your daughter like trash or your your wife like trash, then expect your daughter to pick a man that is also going to treat her like trash mm-hmm. that you are not going to like and you are not going to enjoy having around your house. That's all there is to it. Yep. Um, the thing is also um, stop doing the tender and plenty of fish hookups. Stop leaving these kids mothers. Stop banging on like the first date and getting together and then you guys don't know if the relationship is built on sex or if it's built on a connection and love and it's first of all built on God because you don't get together for love because love comes and goes just like motivation comes and goes, okay? Stop leaving these children's mothers. Like guys, what are we doing here, okay? If if you're getting into it like you know, like, I can't tell you how many times we've heard the never, never decker with an unwrapped pecker, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? Like, there's so many. I don't so know if I've ever many... heard that before. Really? <laughs> Man, I guess I'm getting old. What's, what's your, what's your, your generation saying for that? Mm, I don't think I should say that on air. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> just wrap it up, I guess. I don't know. Gee, Christmas. Don't be silly, wrap your willy. There we go. <laughs> See, there we go. Same, same concept, okay? Okay, stop stop leaving their mothers. Guys, I, I just really don't get this. It doesn't make sense to me. Like, why are you getting together with these people that you don't even know 
and then having kids with them. And then you're standing awkwardly in the corner in a baby shower going, son of a bitch, what I get myself into because my pullout game's weak. Mm-hmm. And now these, these kids are growing up in fatherless homes or y'all are fighting with each other, using that kid as a pawn. And now they're growing up and they're not learning the best example that they can learn. And keep in mind, these are the people that are going to be growing up and running our country someday. Remember, we're talking about a culture change here. We're changing the culture and setting the example for our kids. The divorce rate didn't used to be anything what it is now. It's so socially acceptable, the culture and everything like that. Like it shouldn't, that word shouldn't even come up. That should be a thing that you agree on before you ever even begin the marriage that like that is not a conversation that we're ever going to have ever. That word's never going to get brought up. We're always going to work on it. Even if we take a break and we come back to each other and we we end up having to like say, okay, who like I, I'm, I'm, I was angry, but I think I'm okay right now. And even if you have to take multiple breaks to get it done, so be it. But that should just not even be an option. Period. End of story. Stop leaving these kids moms. All right. Figure it out. Be a man. Step up. Take some maybe, ownership. Maybe, yeah, exactly. Maybe take some ownership. Do some things you didn't think you would want to do. Okay. End of story. Figure it out. Um, so the next thing is, is like, we need to see action, right? I keep telling you all these things in action that you need to do. Well, I see a lot of men that like, they want to get together and they're like, well, I want to do this. I want to do that. I like, I want to do this personal develop thing. I read this book. I listened to this podcast. Yeah, exactly. Read, yeah. Okay. Congratulations. You know, you you've can, got the tools. Let's go use the tools. <laughs> essentially what you're telling me is congratulations. You can hear and you can read. You're like. 90% of the rest of the population. Congrats. It's like third grade level, man. Yeah. I mean, like you've accomplished <laughs> nothing. Okay. Action is the important piece of all of that self-development stuff. I don't care if you're listening to Ed Milet, Andy Frisilla, Ryan Mickler, Jocko. You can listen to them all day long. They're all saying the same thing, essentially. Yeah. But you have to go out and do the actions. Mm-hmm. And and here's the deal. Andy Frisilla built his companies over the course of, what, 27 years, something like that? Of working his ass off. And now he's at a point where he's living a baller lifestyle with hundreds of millions of dollars coming in every year with his companies. And he still works his ass off. Uh huh. And, and that's just, but it's changed for him. He doesn't do it for him anymore. Yeah. He does it for like the 50 Lamborghinis that are parked in his parking lot for the people who own those. Like he's doing it to keep, so they can live that lifestyle. Yeah. So the people below them. Can make it to that lifestyle and have nice houses and not have to worry about money with their families. And he's, but it's so easy for us to get like apathetic and just be like, Oh, well, I couldn't do that. Or, uh, like you're going to have to put in that daily grind of work. Like basically, if it sucks, you know, you're doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. If it's hard, you know, you're doing the right thing. If you're living a life of comfort and convenience, you're not accomplishing anything. You're not going to go nowhere. Get up off your ass and get some stuff done. Even if that's just in the personal development space. Okay. Um, you don't, you're not going to just be consuming content, right? Apply said content that you consumed. All right. So you've heard me say, don't do the hard things again. If it's the hard thing, it's not the easy thing. That's typically your litmus test. Okay. So the next thing is, is that you also need to be dangerous. Okay. Not in the sense of like, not, not your default mode. Okay. Your, your wife and children should not fear you. Well, they, they should fear you. To a certain extent, there should be a, a level of fear, but a, a respectful fear. Yeah. Okay. When I say be dangerous, whether that is jujitsu or that's firearms or that's knife craft, whatever it is, grappling, I don't care. 
Be dangerous. Be capable of being dangerous. Because like Andy says, professional or personal excellence is the ultimate rebellion, okay? They don't want you to be successful. They want you to be that fat piece of shit that just drinks beer, lives the weekend, and only watches football. That's what they want you to be. When I say they, I'm talking about the government and the people that own the government. Even if, like, and it doesn't have to be, like, you jump straight off the couch being 350 pounds and you start doing karate. Like, go to the gym. You know, that is a good well, first you, step. If you fall on somebody at that weight, you might be dangerous. Well, you, you could be. But go to the gym and do some cardio and make it to where you can run around a little bit, you know. That helps you be more dangerous. Yes. And lift some weights and be more flexible and get mobility and then work into... I don't know, maybe jujitsu, karate. And have the right right mindset in being dangerous. This doesn't mean that you go and you inject yourself into convers, you inject yourself into situations that get your ass in trouble. Like, like you've said that like the best (laughs) gunfight is the gunfight you avoid. Mm -hmm. You know, the only gunfight you win is the one you avoid. That's right. That's what you say. And I think it's the same thing with a fight too. Like, you know, if you see a guy that's maybe treating a waitress like shit, you know, people do that all the time. Like maybe. You could be like, hey, man, like, that's probably not the nice thing to do or whatever. But that doesn't mean you need to, like, walk up and push this guy around and start fighting with him. That's not yeah. what I'm saying and be dangerous. Like, being dangerous is basically, it's it's that, that, that mindset of it's good to be the, the warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war, mm-hmm. right? That's the mindset that you need to have about it. And you need to be able to control it. That's the biggest part about that. Um, because we're, we're at that time where you've always heard the dichotomy of, you know, hard men, you know, create soft times, soft times, create soft men, soft men, create hard times. Right. Mm-hmm. And I firmly believe we are a soft men creating soft times. OK. And so that's why I wanted to have this conversation. And the last couple pieces that I wanted to talk about on this, this culture change, just being a man is a the next thing is you have a lot of men that are weak as shit that aren't going to step up and they are going to do the right thing. So be willing to invest in other kids that aren't your own. Whether that's the Boys and Girls Club of America, whether that's through adoption, whether that's just through mentoring, through listening to other people like single moms that are maybe having some issues. Be like, hey, you know, I would love for your son or daughter to come hang out with me and my family or whatever. Just offer that mentoring time, okay? Uh, and, and the biggest thing is, is that one of the best pieces of advice Rob Ross ever gave, and he, you heard him say it in the podcast as well was he never told his sons that a certain someone or other couldn't come to their house because he was like, okay, if they are that way or they are bad or they are a bad influence or whatever, we can bring them here and then he can chaperone, first of all. And second of all, we can kind of help mentor and show him what the right way is. Plant that seed. Exactly. Exactly. So, again, to to recap on that, invest in other kids, either through adoption, mentoring, or allowing other kids to come over. Big brothers, big sisters. Yes. Or doing big brothers, big sisters. Mm-hmm. So, um, the, and then the last piece here is stand up for what's right, not for what's convenient. And th- what brought this up for me is through a collective bargaining agreement, the women's soccer, U.S. soccer team is getting half of the money that the men's soccer team want, wins at the World Cup through a collective bargaining agreement because the women sold or the, the the women didn't make as much money or whatever when they won and so they have they sued because they weren't making as much as the men and so now 
part of that settlement was they had a collective bargaining agreement where now they're getting half. So essentially, those dudes are making half the money they made for the work they put in to people that were not good enough. And keep in mind, this is the same U.S. women's soccer team that won to a group of 15-year-old or lost to a group of 15-year-old boys. But this women's soccer team actually made it further in the World Cup than the men did. No, not this year. They did last year. Yeah, it doesn't happen every year. It's only every four years. So, But I'm talking about the current or the last World Cup. Sorry, I'm talking about this current World Cup. The women are already done. Hmm. They're, They're on separate years. The World Cup is. Oh. It would have been like two years ago, I think, is when the women's was. Okay. Well, anyway, they're still they're still having to share money. Mm-hmm. There's a collective bargaining no, agreement, and it's and, like I think a better the same example is like with the WNBA and the NBA. You know, like you look at the stands at a WNBA game, and like you're getting twelve dollar tickets, and there's half the stadium's empty. You know, NBA games are sold out, and they're two hundred dollars a game. Well, and 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 and, 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 the, and they're fighting for that same. <clears throat> equality in their pay and stuff it's like no like people are entertained by this they're not entertained by watching you you know and and tommy vexed made the good point too could you imagine if lebron james was like told hey um you need to give half your paycheck to the wnba yeah what do you think lebron james would do no thanks yeah i'm out i'm gonna go play in china where they'll pay me more than i'm making here Mm -hmm. so peace nobody nobody wants to compete in that like what why, why are the people, this is like tr- true socialism at work and why we mm-hmm. need this culture change, okay? And, and nobody wants to, nobody wants to work. Like you're eventually making it to where people are like, why? Why, why am I even doing this at all? Yeah. This doesn't make any sense. That person that's sitting over there on their ass is getting paid half of what I make. That, that, what? How is that fair? And all these, all these dudes that are on the men's soccer team have basically have been issued gag orders to where they can't even talk about this. They can't give their thoughts on it. They can't anything. Or else they can be held civilly liable yeah. for saying anything and they and won't be on that about it. U.S. national team anymore. Right. It's like a like in construction or the railroad. It's like the unions. You know, like all their wages are a lot higher than private for the most part. Yeah. But when you look at like efficiencies of a union worker versus a private worker, private workers are a lot more efficient. Right. And they don't have the protection. Like all of the these union. all these union workers. Like, you have one dude, one guy is badass and is doing a lot of work all the time, you know, like, getting the job done, he is your go-to guy. And you got freaking this guy over here just sitting on his ass all day on his phone. And you can't paid fire him. And you can't fire him because he's union. They're getting paid the same and yeah. you can't fire him. Well, and, and the the other way, and this to further illustrate my point is, okay, this this whole quote-unquote fair and equality and equal and all this other kind of stuff, okay? So essentially, they're having to share half of everything they make with the women's soccer team through mm-hmm. this collective bargaining agreement they were basically forced to get into through a lawsuit. So it wasn't like the men stepped up and were like, oh, we want to do this out of the kindness of our hearts, right? Okay, so so here's the deal. So here's what I want to do is I, I'm going to open an OnlyFans account, and I'm going to take a picture of my butthole, and I'm going to try to sell it. And because my butthole isn't performing nearly as well as this chick's butthole or her pictures of her, like that's not fair. That's unequal. That's 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 not right. I want half of all the females on OnlyFans money. Yep, sounds right to me. I mean, that's that's fair and equitable, isn't it? Yeah, I guess I'll pick pictures of my feet now and start suing people. 
Exactly. <laughs> like, where the hell does this end? I mean, it started with the lady with the freaking McDonald's coffee that spilled it on herself and then sued McDonald's, and now here we are, essentially. We're a sue-happy society. And everything just needs to be fair and equitable, and that's not the way the real damn world works. Yeah. Go out and earn your shit. And my thing is, to like WNBA and other women's sports, is like, do the things that make you entertainable. Like, do the things, like, for instance, the thing I love about the Team Sturdy Bitches is they get on there... They've got like cool graphic designs. They got t-shirts. They get on there. They do work. They lift heavy. They're successful. I don't, I have never seen any of those ladies on Team Sturdy Bitch ever be like, well, I want, I don't get this same way that these guys do or all this other kind of stuff, right? They just show up. They do the work. They put it in. They grind and they get their shit done mm-hmm. and they're popular. They sell t-shirts. They sell the stuff when they go to the contest that they have like their cookies and their fundraisers and all this stuff. They, they're putting in that daily grind of work and that, that is, and, and they are entertaining. I love seeing their stuff on Instagram. I yeah. love it. It is good stuff. It is. It's funny. It makes me f- like really interested. So mm-hmm. WNBA, women's soccer, etc. Hey, how about you try doing something that adds value to your sport that actually puts ass in seats? At which point you can start getting money. And then you'll start getting that, mm-hmm. and then you make yourself interesting. And if you think that anybody actually gives a crap, okay, like right that WNBA player that got arrested in Russia for the the Brady drugs Griner. and all that kind of stuff, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, what team in the WNBA does she play for? Uh, none now. She plays for uh, the. Uh, she's got a <laughs> what cannonball did, tied what around did her leg she play in a for? Russian work camp. Like, well, uh, exactly. Uh, Nobody fucking cares. Nobody yeah. knows. She played for Baylor in college. I remember that. So so <laughs> so. Hey, congratulations, Putin. You obviously didn't pay attention to America very well. We don't give a shit about the WNBA players. That's why she's still there. Like, Honestly, like they could have taken LeBron James, and there's a lot of people who've been like, "Yahoo!" <laughs> it's like he sold out to China anyways. <laughs> but you get the point. I'm just yeah, trying to yeah, illustrate. No, yeah, yeah, I agree. So, um, that was me spitting fire today. That's all I had. I'm like, just basically go out there, be the change, do the grind, do the work, hold standards, uh, be willing to just step in and mentor other kids through the multiple ways that we talked about. Stand up for what's right, not what's convenient, and just do work. Hey, hold um, on a second. Hold on, I got hold on, mic, mic drop. <laughs> well, guys, thanks for listening to the higher points. <laughs> you can't do that while I'm drinking, man. You can't do that. Whew. Well, I feel uh, better. I, I, dude, I've been like holding that in all week, man. No, that's a good conversation. I I enjoyed that thoroughly, and like I agree with you. Like, there's a lot of people who need to step up. You know. Um, and, like, there's women that need to step up, too. Honestly, you know, like, there's women that need to step up and take care of their families as well and yeah. assume that motherhood role. And it may not necessarily mean you have to be a stay-at-home mom, but there's women who are absent out of their families, too. Yeah. Um, I but I think, ultimately, the way Scripture has it, because a man, the man, leaves, is man leaves his family and marries a woman and they become one. Mm-hmm. And essentially in every way, shape, or form, he is a leader. Which is not, again, not to say that like this woman is like, get in the kitchen, make me a sandwich. That's not the picture I'm trying to paint. But if men are stepping up and doing manly things, 99.9% of the women are going to stick around. Mm -hmm. Okay? Because if you don't do the manly thing, all you are is a plaything to her. You're a pet. You're like a new chihuahua that she carries around in this pretty pink bag. Mm Mm-hmm. And at first, you're entertaining, you're cute, you're fun, 
And then she puts you in the bag and she carries you around and shows you to her friends. But then eventually she wants to go on a trip with her friends to Jamaica, but she can't take you because there's export laws. So now she has to find somebody to babysit you. And then eventually she has to figure out like what to do with you after that. And you start shitting and pissing on the floor and then you're not cute and interesting anymore. And eventually she just decides to turn you into the vet or release you out in the country somewhere. Put you down. That's what happens with women. That's what we are when you don't stand up and do manly shit. Yeah. That's all there is to it. There was, you know, I talked about, oh, what is his name? You sent me one of his reels one time. I said, that dude's a piece of shit. Basically. Oh, Andy Tate? Is that his name? Andrew Tate. Andrew yeah. Tate, yeah. And, like. I disagree with you, by the way. There's, so, did you look into how he made his money? Which, I mean, he he what he did is, like, he took a business opportunity and ran with it. And he made a lot of money. But, I mean, he was basically, he was an OnlyFans pimp. It wasn't OnlyFans, it was something like that. But he had like 40 girls under him, and he was like selling like these cam girls essentially to other people, and he made a lot of money at that. Took that, reinvested into crypto, this and that. Um, he took a business opportunity. I don't necessarily agree with the ethics of that. Selling, I, to me, that's selling women. Well, that depends. Were they properly compensated for a day's work and all mm, that other good stuff? Then, I don't know. I mean, and it was legal? I don't necessarily agree with pornography, but you know, that's not up to, I'm, I'm more libertarian when it comes to that kind of stuff. Like if that's the way that you want to, you want to, I mean, like if he was human trafficking them, that's whole, that's wholly different conversation yeah. where he's going out and forcing them to have sex and then keeping the money and maybe paying them peanuts or not paying them at all or whatever that I would have a problem with. But if they're putting in a day's work and being paid a day's wage, then I don't have a problem with that. You earn your money how you want to earn your money. I mean, that's fair, but I just I don't know. I I don't necessarily agree. I, to me, it's it's like internet <coughs> prostitution is what it looked like to me. But like back to my point, he I saw one of his reels and he had this group of like eight or nine girls in there, and I'm sure they were girls that had worked for him or something. Like he seemed like he was close with them, and he was asking him. He's like, "So, would you women rather have a real steady boyfriend?" Like long term oh, yeah. boyfriend or Instagram. Yeah, right. And, and all went around of, the table. All of them chose Instagram. They all chose Instagram. Yep. And well, that tells you the mindset of women as well. Yeah. That's I mean, what, it, that just to me like reinforces your point of men are throwaway. Well, and they're looking for validation too. Mm-hmm. And everywhere. And the, and the instant gratification society is I'm looking for that quick bang, that quick sex. But then I want to go out and like find the next thing or the next high because nobody wants to do the rough shit. Nobody wants to do the tough shit. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to work through the stuff that it is to have a relationship. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily agree with everything Andrew Tate says, and I don't have to agree yeah, with. Yeah, right. Just like I you, probably you, don't agree with everything you say or you don't agree with everything yeah. I and say. And you hear me talk about Andy and Ryan and all them all the time. I don't agree with every single thing Jocko, Andy, and, and, and Ryan say. Yeah. You know? So and, I, there's nothing wrong with that. But that I agree. Like he he said that, at, and it just like mind boggled me. It's like shit. That was like some of my exes in my life. <laughs> you know, like it's like they look for that validation through their social medias, and it's just I don't know. Well, but you hear empowered it, women. Guys do it too, though. I mean, it's males and females both. But it's 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 a little different though, because. Sex is easy for women to get. Sex is not easy for men to get. And so, and so when you, when you hear, uh, gosh, we actually talked about this last night when we, after we played D and D and we were talking about like how women put up a, 
a story like a thirst trap on their Instagram, you know, and they get dudes swiping up on crazy. It's like I put a picture of me flexing on Instagram and I get four or five people swiping up on it. It's just a bunch of dudes. <laughs> <laughs> it's Nick and Cade and Jansen. <laughs> and, and we're saying all kinds of improper things. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I completely forget where I was going with that. But essentially, you know, it's one of those things where um, – you know, it's, it's, it's different, you know, and it's one of those things where it's easy for women to get. So like, it's, it's just seen as like, it's, it's, that's why it's not seen as like this crazy cool thing. I'm trying to illustrate my point here. I probably won't be able to illustrate it very well. So I probably should just not before I stick my foot in my mouth, (laughs) but women are allowed to kind of choose their worth, quote unquote. Right. Mm Like a woman could say, like, I'm gonna get a man that gets a hundred thousand dollars and blah 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 on. He's gonna treat me like this and this and this and this and this. What are men expected to do? Bend over backwards. Step the fuck up and provide. Yeah. That's the expectation. Mm-hmm. I I don't get to just arbitrarily set my worth. Right? I have to go out and prove my worth. As a as a woman, I just basically have to look pretty, smile, smell good, etc. And then I get to decide what my worth is. Yep. Nope. Not for me. Like in the that so- person's gonna have to prove their worth to me. Yeah, but I'm saying in society as a general. No, no. Yeah. And please understand, like as I do this, this is not some like attack on women. Like I love my wife, and I don't want my wife to go anywhere. And I'm glad my wife is who she is. And I will tell you one thing: she is definitely not subservient to me. <laughs> I promise you that. There's fear in his <laughs> eyes right now. I can see it. <laughs> Well, hell, you heard it in the Thanksgiving podcast of me, like, crying, essentially, because of how much I appreciated her. Mm -hmm. You know? It's just, yeah. We were getting ready to wrap that up, and then I just kept going. No, that's all good. I straight Andy Frasilla the shit out of that. Hey, it was a good one, man. It was a good podcast. So, um, we appreciate you guys listening, and that's our, uh, to the point for the night. Um, Nick had uh, a lot of good words, and, um, just, uh. People just need to step up, whether you're male or female, and uh, take ownership and uh, just go get it, man. It's a new week. It's a new day. Let's freaking uh, let's make it happen. Hell yeah. Be the change. Be the culture change. Start it today. We'll catch you guys next time. See you guys.